0: Get ready, you're listening to Give God 90, live. 5, 4... Welcome, everyone, to Give God 90. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us for just a little while today as people kind of get tuned in and turned on, whatever that old saying is. Hopefully, they don't tone out, zone out, whatever it was. <laughs> um, for our folks on Spreaker, there's Pam joining us. For the folks on Spreaker, we Hi, appreciate it. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Steve. Oh, wow. And oh, even, look, you're it's me. <laughs> even you're watching. Even you're watching. We certainly do appreciate everybody who's joining us now, either live or will be joining us later. Whether we're on Facebook or on uh, Spreaker or your favorite podcast outlet, wherever you happen to be, and uh, we certainly do appreciate all of that. As we kind of do the well, finish the welcome up. Don't remind everybody that the, the books are available. They're still out there on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. You know the rest of the sales pitch. Uh, if you go to the website, don't forget to look for the pictures. Um, somebody really, uh, close to us is trying to figure out which one she wants and what size she wants. And she's picking frames and all that kind of good stuff. And I certainly do appreciate that. That is just all kinds of good stuff going on there. And it's not just framed wall art either. You can get, well, if you really wanted to, you could get a shower curtain.
1: Mm-hmm. Or baby, onesie. baby
0: onesies, but there's uh, <laughs> phone covers and coffee mugs and uh, the Perses, tote the tote, tote bags. bags are really nice. We've seen those and that stuff still uh, made in the United States too. So mm-hmm. okay, keep you know don't don't forget to check that out. Um, don't, also, don't forget we're on uh, YouTube as well. Hey, there's Jay, and I bet the rest of his crew's watching. Hi, you.
2: Jay. Hi, Tina. Hi, Carol. Uh,
0: Jay had some. I think good news. He made a really fancy purchase this week. He bought a shofar. So yeah. Really way to go, Jay. Jay. Um, and of course, all those folks are on uh, Facebook, and the, the Spreaker folks, they're, I don't know, they might be chiming in anytime. We get a lot of people from all over the world listening to just the audio podcast that Spreaker... Uh, uses and they you know we're available on just about every podcast outlet now Mm -hmm. thanks to Spreaker being able to merge those things and put them all out there and it, it just kind of fascinates me that the people I get to talk to literally from all over the world um one of the um want to be careful how I say this had a really nice conversation a long conversation yesterday but I certainly do appreciate uh, that gentleman that spoke with me yesterday and gave me some really interesting insight trying to work on a uh, way to interview him but I needed to do the interview and then you know tape it live and then put it on speaker later because I'm going to have to edit it he does want to, to remain anonymous, and I can certainly understand why. And when that happens, you folks will understand why as well.
2: Hi, Matthew. Yeah, Matt's watching. Glad you're watching.
0: And uh, did you want to...
2: Hi, Robin. Hey, there's Robin.
0: Did you want to update anybody on your father's situation? He actually had his, his what you call it, thing.
2: Pet scan and yeah. Biopsy. biopsy.
0: Yeah, his biopsy.
2: But we're um, still we're waiting still to find something out from right. oncologists. Because <clears throat> so, that was just yesterday.
0: We certainly do appreciate all the prayers for him as well and all that good stuff. Um, let's, you know, <laughs> lots has been happening over the last week, right? Yes. And very little of it has been good.
2: No, some of it's been good
0: i said very little
2: but a large amount in a i don't know <laughs> i call it really good because so well, our well house we got is invaded full, yeah <laughs> so that's super awesome <laughs> We
1: were invaded.
2: hi bam
0: thanks bam <laughs> we were invaded by uh the colorado contingent the uh, the son and his family are here from colorado they're watching and we appreciate them being here uh certainly to support his grandfather and and grandmother with everything that's going on right now. And, um, but that's, you know, that's the good thing that was going on. So we get to Mm -hmm. do that. But in the midst of all that, this whole thing, and I was really not sure how I wanted to approach what I'm going to say until I got to the part you're going to read. And then it, it just kind of fell into place and everything kind of worked out so I, I cannot not address this because that would just be absolutely I, I would be falling into the same place that most churches are right now and and you'll understand what i mean by that in a minute we need to really start with the obvious thing it's been you know the looting that's been going on with the protest
2: oh awesome jay
0: do you want to let the folks on Spreaker know what that was so awesome? Uh,
2: hey, sure.
0: <laughs> they can't read <really> what's <laughs> on Facebook.
2: Um, one of our listeners has been waiting for a um, home CPAP machine, and it looks like he's finally getting it. He's been waylaid a mm-hmm. few times since the COVID, so that's an answer to prayer.
0: Yep, it, it certainly is. The, the The looting has been going on with, in conjunction with the peaceful, in air quotes, protests, excuse me, I've I've got to address this. And you're not, most people are not going to like the way I address this. I can tell you that right now. For the average person who, you know, likes to go to church every week and put their offering in the plate, say a little prayer, walk out the door, think everything's good, you're not going to like what I have to say. For the average pastor that doesn't like to get involved, you're really not going to like what I have to say. Um, because there's, there's enough blame to go around for everybody here. And myself included, I, I would put myself in that category. You know, when these protests are peaceful, and, and the focus is on doing what's right, and making sure that the people who are accountable are held to their accountability... We're with you. I mean, I I don't think anybody would say uh, that what we have watched happen last week with George Floyd, you know, it took eight minutes to murder somebody and it was on video. It's that simple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the very people who were supposed to be protecting people mm-hmm. were involved. And yeah, that's, that's a, an atrocious thing. But that doesn't give people... You know even 500 miles away, the right to throw bricks through windows and take something that doesn't belong to them. No it it doesn't. just it certainly doesn't I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. I've I got my notes and I need to stick to them because if I don't.
2: It doesn't give anybody one block over from there the no. right to do that. You know, at we, all.
0: When you're protesting and you're going about it peacefully, and you're actively seeking justice mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that hasn't proven that it doesn't work. Okay? Now, there are times when violence may be necessary. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it might not be. But I'm saying you've got to give the proper avenues the way to work what they work. You've mm-hmm. got to give them the opportunity, because nothing is designed in government to happen in split-second timing. Mm-hmm. It, it's made to be slow and methodical. We should be able to trust our police to protect the innocent, right? That, mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just the normal thing we should be able to do. We hate injustice. Everybody hates injustice. We hate the murder of the innocent. And I could really easily go off on a tangent here and say, where is the outcry for all the aborted children? Exactly. Right? You know, where's the looting done for them? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go that way. You know, the police have a really, really tough job. They really do. They, we rely on them to be professional and impartial uh, when we call them. Mm-hmm. That's they don't always do that. Do no, that? No, they don't. We, we see that. But there's a lot of unanswered questions, specifically in the death of George Floyd. Apparently, the officer and Floyd were familiar with each other. They knew each other. Mm-hmm. They, they, they. I don't know if they. I don't think we call them friends. Maybe, but they were acquaintances. So the one question that needs to be answered was: Was this personal? If this was personal. Well then, yeah, the murder charge needs to be changed because if it's if it's personal, then he was looking for the opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. So that's something that that, as this proceeds, needs to be questioned, needs to be understood. There's Daryl watching on on Facebook. Hi, Daryl. Appreciate it.
2: Hi, Deb.
0: And as as this whole thing plays out, there's there's going to be some things that that are going to come out of this that might surprise us or that doesn't surprise us, right? I mean, that, it's mm-hmm. just, just easy. Now, we see the outrage over the officers, which, by the way, were not all white. There was a Latino, and um, I'm not sure what, which Asian ethnic group he's from, but there was someone who apparently appears Asian, uh, and there was another black officer there. So we have all of this going on. So it's really... Can we call it race-related at that point? Because <laughs> these these other officers that actually represent the whole of society were protecting the white officer who was murdering the poor guy on the pavement. By the way, that's not allowed in any police handbook anywhere. No. Um I worked in law enforcement for about five minutes. I can tell you, when you take somebody into your custody, they are your responsibility. You are responsible for their safety. You're responsible for everything that happens to that person from that point on Mm -hmm. until you hand that custody off to somebody else.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Murdering somebody like that is in no way authorized by anyone.
2: Or condoned by any. Or officer. condoned by
0: anybody. No. So for the peaceful protesters doing this, you know we're with you. I see Sean's joining us. Appreciate it, Sean.
2: Hi, Sean. Thanks for joining.
0: So for the the peaceful protesters, you know what? We're with you. Mm-hmm. But once you cross the line, and you become violent, and you become, um. There's Carol's watching, and you become Hi, Carol. someone who is on the opposite side of the law, we're no longer with you. At that point, we have to stand against you. And that's something that's hard for people to understand because we're doing this because we're right. No. When you were, when you were following the path to find justice, that's when you were doing what was right.
1: Mm-hmm. When you
0: crossed the line... There's no way we can any longer be with you. Another question should be, is where's the outrage over the other people who were harmed, injured, or died because police action or the action of someone in an authoritative position? It is. it always have to be white on black or black on white? Does it always have to be race-related? Does it always have to be sex-related? Does it always have to be... You know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. There was a young lady, and, and she was actually in Minnesota, too. Justin Damon she was shot in her home after calling 911 to report the possible assault of another woman in an alley behind her house. Now, a gentleman named Mohammed Noor was the officer, officer responsible for her death. He was convicted... Okay? He was convicted of second-degree murder, and he's now serving uh, at least 12 and a half years in prison. But there still some unresolved issues concerning his training. So here's somebody that they got out on the street as fast as they could,
1: mm-hmm.
0: wasn't trained properly, and he wound up killing somebody standing in their home. Right. Not a good situation anyway. Where's the outrage over her death? You know, that just, it's not there. You didn't see it. Nothing happened. You know, do this, this, what I'm about to say may offend you. Here's my warning Why do black lives matter and deserve more outrage than Australian lives? Because that young lady was originally from Australia. Why do, why does one life matter over another because of skin color, ethnicity? country of origin, however you want to say it. Why is that? Why do we make that distinction? But since the protests and lootings began, we learned of a retired police chief. David Dorn was murdered outside of a pawn shop. Where's the outrage over his murder? Where's the looting over his death? Mm -hmm. It's not there. Why is that? You know, the media actually videotaped somebody being left behind at one of the riots. And the guy's running down the street, the cop's catching. So the reporter actually got to interview him before he was taken away. Okay? Nobody had read him his rights yet, uh, that I know of. He's just sitting there in handcuffs and the reporter says, why did you do this? And the guy says, man, we're just out here, I'm out out here hanging on my reels trying to get some money. Wait a minute. The reporter tries to give him an out. He says, is this connected to George Floyd? I see Cindy's watching. Hi, Hi Cindy. Hi, Cindy. The man says, what do you mean? Who's that? This isn't connected to that. We're just out here trying to get some money. That The, the fellow didn't even know why the the things that were happening were happening. That's how bad it has become in our society today. People have stopped trying to take the road to, to seek justice mm-hmm. and to seek responsibility and seek proper action. And instead, it becomes all about me. What do, how, how can I get rich off of this? What can I do to make something from this? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just ridiculous. And I refuse to believe... That it happens only in this country. And I found out yesterday that it's not just in this country. But getting back to George Floyd, the other three officers uh, were fired. They have also been charged, even though they represent a very unique cross-section of of the country. You had not every ethnic group represented, but most were represented. Eight minutes is what it took to videotape a murder on the streets of Minneapolis. Here's the next question. What about the people who were standing around videotaping this? Where's their responsibility in this? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Where's their responsibility? Why was it more important to take pictures and video
2: than to jump out and stop those people?
0: Well, not only to jump out and stop those people, Why didn't they call 911 and say, hey, your officer's killing somebody. We need help here. It's okay to call the cops on the cops. Mm -hmm. It's okay to do that because (laughs) there's good cops out there that don't want this happening. It gives them a bad reputation, just Mm -hmm. like we're seeing there's a lot of good cops out there. But the thing is, the actions of these folks don't reflect that. Mm -hmm. All we see is the bad. Always sees the bad. There's plenty of blame to go around. If somebody's watching something, you know somebody else is videotaping it. You don't need to take pictures. You need to be on the phone calling 911 and saying, We need help. Send the people who are going to help stop this. If they'd have done that, there'd have been another group of officers there that responded to that. They would have also been a larger investigation, and we would not see the violence in the streets of the United States that we're seeing today. I don't think. I don't think. here's where people are going to get upset with me because what I'm about to say is true. And if you stop and think about it, you're going to know this is right. Every person present on that street corner that day is responsible for the murder of a human being that day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Every person that was there. I don't know if he was combative prior to being laid on the ground. We don't see that. In any of the videos that, that I have access to, he may have been. But once he's in that position, he's no longer combative. Okay? That's where custody begins, right there. The people who would rather stand there and argue with the police, rather than calling the police, are respons- just as responsible mm-hmm. as those other three officers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If there's enough blame to go around on this. That's it. There's enough blame to go around. Like I said, when protests are peaceful, we're with you. We're with you because, like Jay just said, all lives matter. All lives matter. Thank you, Jay. How'd you know that was in my notes, by the way? How'd you know that was in my notes? We we can't be with the people who act aggressively,
1: Mm-mm.
0: out of place. Like I said, there's a time and a place if you need to get violent, if you need to be aggressive, there's a time and a place for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think we've reached that yet. We were only like three days away from the, or into the investigation when that started. Right. Okay? It's not time for that. When you protest peacefully against injustice, I think everybody stands with you. When you cross the line... That's when you become a terrorist, and that's when we stand against you. When you change from a peaceful protest to violent looting and destruction of property, we can't stand with you, especially, especially when you're hundreds of miles away from what happened. Because the laws vary in state to state to state. People are not the same, well, they're they're kind of the same... But people respond and react differently mm-hmm. in uh, Nome, Alaska, than they do in Miami, Florida.
1: Right? right? Mm-hmm.
0: You, you take the culture, and it's going to change a lot of times drastically from town to town.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: some, but you, know, you go 100 miles away, and somebody that doesn't even know the name of the person that's re- that sparked
1: mm-hmm. what's going on. Right.
0: No, we can't stand with you at that point. Here's where I'm going to stance on the toes of the churches, folks. Can't not do this. Can't not do this. Why has the church been silent? Not all of them, thankfully. But overall, overall, where are the pastors who should be offering a united voice of comfort and compassion? Where are the pastors who should be offering this united front to say, yes, what happened was wrong. Mm-hmm. But your looting, your violent behavior, that's wrong too. Mm-hmm. Where, why is the church silent on this point? Where is the church when people are hurting, confused, and searching, trying to understand why the very people that they have been taught to call when they're in trouble appear untrustworthy? Where is the church? Why haven't we heard from the church? I think I have watched one interview and read one article about this coming from a Christian or Jewish standpoint. Everybody else is dead silent. Mm
1: -hmm. Dead
0: silent. Well, other than Sean, I know he's talked about it.
1: (laughs) I know Sean's (laughs) talked about it.
0: But why? Why? Does it take somebody like Sean or me to stand up and say, Where, where's the voice? Mm-hmm. You know, we, the church just celebrated Pentecost when it says that all the disciples were in the temple in one accord, right? Right. Of one mind, united for a common cause. Where's the church? And they're supposed to be united for a common cause. Well, <laughs> the church is silent. Partially, in part, because it doesn't want to make things worse. They say, well, if we say something, somebody might come in into our door and say something. Somebody might attack us. You know what? If they attack you, they attack you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're doing what the Almighty, if you're delivering the message the Almighty chooses you to deliver, chances are, they're not going to attack you. Right. Right. Part of the church is silent because they've been taught if they pray, God will magically make everything go away and fix it all. You don't have to lift a finger. All you have to do is say, oh, please, and he's magically going to stir something, some pot, and some cauldron somewhere, and it's all going to be fixed. That's what's being taught in churches. That's what's being taught in churches. And they know it doesn't work, so they don't say anything. Part of the church is silent because it's been convinced it has no voice in government. We have to stay out of it. We have to stay out of it. Mm -hmm. You're right. Jay just commented on uh, Facebook church was silent when the Jews were being killed by Hitler, too. Exactly. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Exactly. We don't, we don't want to get involved. We don't, want, we don't want anything bad to happen to us. You, you just keep it over on that side of the, of the street. Right? And sadly, the worst part, the church is silent because it truly does not know how to act as a representative of the creator of the universe. It really doesn't. In Isaiah, we read... And, and this is what I read that i it determined my uh what how I was going to approach this tonight because in Isaiah chapter one and you're going to read verses one through twenty in a second Israel is directed and blamed now don't forget that Paul wrote that the modern Christians are grafted into Israel. Now, I'm not talking about Israel the nation. I'm talking about Israel the people group. I'm talking about um, something different than a country. If you are grafted in, if you are adopted, however you want to say that, you sojourn with them, it doesn't mean that you're joined to the nation. It means you're joined to that people group, the descendants of Abraham. And when I read Isaiah chapter 1, I realized why the church is silent. Because the church is to blame too. You want to start with uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1, and you're going to verse 20. Yes.
2: This is the vision Isaiah, son of Amaz, saw. God showed Isaiah what would happen to Judah and Jerusalem. Isaiah saw these things... While Uzziah, Jadim, Ahaz, and Hezekiah Hezekiah were kings of Judah. Heaven and earth listened, because the Lord is speaking. I raise my children and help them grow, but they have turned against me. An ox knows its master, and a donkey knows where its owner feeds it. But the people of Israel do not know me. My people do not understand.
0: Hang on for a second. I just said, Paul writes that we are grafted in to the people of Israel, right? Not the nation, but the people group. Here's the thing. Even back then, God says, My people don't know who I am. My people don't understand me. Go ahead in verse 4. I'm sorry.
2: Terrible times are coming for Israel, a nation of sin, the people are loaded, loaded down with guilt. They are like a group of children doing evil. They are full of evil. They have left the Lord. They hate God, the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from Him. Why should you continue to be punished? Why do you continue to turn against Him? Your whole head is hurt, and your whole heart is sick. There are no healthy spots from the bottom of your foot to the top of your head. You are covered with wounds, hurts, and open sores. Your wounds are not cleaned and covered. No medicine takes away the pain. Your land is ruined. Your cities have burned with fire while you watch. Your enemies are stealing everything from your land. Your land is ruined like a country destroyed by enemies. Jerusalem is left alone, like an empty shelter in a vineyard. It is like a hut left in the field of melons. It is like a city surrounded by enemies. The Lord of heaven's armies allowed a few of our people to live. Otherwise, we would have been completely destroyed like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jerusalem, your rulers are like those of Sodom. Your people are like those of Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord. Listen to the teachings of our God. The Lord says, I do not want all these sacrifices you give me. I have had enough of your sacrifices of male sheep and fat from, thine an- from, thine- from fine animals. I am not pleased by the blood of bulls, sheeps, and goats. You come to meet with me, but who asks you to do all the running in and out? Don't continue bringing me your worthless sacrifices. I hate the incense you burn. I can't stand your new moon, Sabbaths, and other feast days. I can't stand the evil you do in holding your holy meetings. I hate your new moon feast and your other yearly feasts. They have become like heavy weights on me. I am tired of carrying them. You will raise your arms in prayer to me. But I will refuse to look at you. Even if you say many prayers, I will not listen to you. It's because your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Stop doing the evil things I see you do. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do good. Be fair to other people. Punish those who hurt others. Help the orphans. Stand up for the rights of widows. The Lord says, come, we will take, we will talk these things over your sins are red like deep red cloth but they can be as white as snow your sins are bright red but you can be white like wool if you will obey me you will eat good crops from the land but if you refuse to obey and if you turn against me you will be destroyed by the enemy's swords the lord himself said these things
0: Man, Isaiah kind of laid it out there on the line, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times we hear this and we get down to verse 12 and uh, 13 and 14. And people will say, oh, well, you know, that means that we can't worship God the way he tells us. And that's not what it's saying. If you look back in Leviticus 23, he talks about the feast being his feasts. He doesn't say he hates his feasts. He says he hates yours the feast that he the way you perverted them the feast that you use because you're not using his you're not worshiping God the way he chooses to be worshiped you Deuteronomy I believe it's chapter 12 twice says you know don't worship me the way the pagans worship their God I don't want anything to do with you if you do that that's got to be what they're talking about here you can't get out of it because it's not i hate my feast i hate yours i hate the way you celebrate the new moon i hate the way you're doing things you know terrible times are coming terrible times are coming troubles are brewing that's for sure but it doesn't have to it doesn't have to And no, I'm not going to 2 Chronicles 7.14. If we repent, He'll heal our land. We already know that. We already know that. What does He get to in Isaiah? The Lord says, come. Let's talk this stuff over. Your sins are red. You're the one. You've got the blood on your hands. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you obey Me... There's that nasty word nobody likes. If you obey me, you're going to eat good crops from the land. If you refuse to obey me and turn against me, you will be destroyed. The church is silent because it has abandoned its purpose to represent the perfect creator in his creation that we broke. The church is silent because it refuses to hear the commands of of the Creator and to do them. The church is silent because it refuses to repent and return. It refuses to confess its sins and be forgiven. The church is silent because it was too busy acting and looking like the broken world around it. And it's no longer set apart. It's no longer holy. Kadosh in Hebrew. It's no longer something different. I really didn't understand Matthew 24, uh, beginning in verse 10, until recently. Until recently. And it it dawned on me not too long ago, we are living in this time that he describes right here. I'm going to read Matthew 24, beginning in verse 10 no I'm not I'm going to start verse 5 Jesus answered be careful that nobody fools you many people will come in my name and they will say I am the Christ I am the Messiah and they're going to fool many people you will hear about wars and stories of wars that are coming but don't be afraid These things must happen before the end comes. Nations will fight against other nations and kingdoms will fight against other kingdoms. There will be times when there is no food for people to eat and there will be earthquakes in different places. These things are like the first pains when something is new and about to be born. Then men will arrest you and hand you over to be hurt and they will kill you. They will hate you because you believe in me. At that time, many who believe will lose their faith. They will turn against each other and hate each other. Many false prophets will come and many, many people will believe false things. There will be more evil in the world, so most people will stop showing their love for each other. But the person who continues the person who continues to be strong until the end will be saved. The good news about God's kingdom will be preached to, the, to all the world, to every nation. And then the end will come. You know, the church is silent because it's lost its faith. It has lost its faith. It's no longer the church. They're no longer of one accord. 43,000 different denominations. Each one claiming they hold the key and they're going to get you to the perfect next world. But verse twenty and verse ten. At that time, many who believe will lose their faith. They're not talking about somebody who doesn't know God. They're not talking about somebody who is uh, you know on a far far away island and, and has never heard. They're talking about the people who are sitting in churches right now. They're talking about pastors who are preaching from pulpits right now. He's saying the church will lose its faith. And that's exactly what we're witnessing today. The church is silent because the church has given up being a church. It's that simple. It's that simple. And Isaiah says, all you've got to do, All you got to do is let's just sit down and talk this over. Let's sit down and figure this out. Why don't you come back? Why don't you come back? You can wash yourself in verse 16 of Isaiah chapter 1 wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Just stop doing evil things. And the church is saying, but we don't do evil things. And the Almighty is saying, yes, you do. Hi, Francisco. Glad to see you.
2: Hey, Francisco.
0: The church is saying, yes, you do. Every day, you do something that makes me mad. If God wasn't mad, Isaiah wouldn't have had to been saying these things. You know, a prophet's job is to say the words that the Almighty tells him to say. The church is silent because the church doesn't know how to be the church any longer. It has given up. It has forsaken the gospel for something else. It wants to look like the rest of the world. It's competing. Why does the church think it has to compete with the secular world? If the church was honest, you know, and I I used to sit through a a lot of church meetings where they would say, how do we get more members? How do we get more people to attend? How do we do this? And my answer was always the same. You don't need a fancy praise band, of which I was part of. Yes, I was. I'd get... I'm guilty, see? I'm guilty. Paul's got nothing on me, right? <laughs> you don't need a fancy praise band. That's not what people are hearing. That's not why they go to church. Yeah. You don't need all the audio-video stuff, audio-visual stuff, that that many churches today have. Nobody wants to pick up a Bible out from under their seat or on the, on the back of the next pew they don't want to pick up a hymnal. They want to look up on the on the wall and see the words. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's the thing. All the time we talk about kids in school leaving the church once they graduate. Once mom and dad stop dragging them to church, they get their driver's license. They don't want anything to do with it anymore. You know why? I can tell you the answer, and it's simple. It's really really easy. These kids today are smart. They look around and they say, I can read my Bible. And what I read in my Bible, I don't hear coming out of the pulpit. What I see in my Bible, I've got people confusing me. If, if you can't get, you know what, When I, I'll come back when y'all get this right. Mm-hmm. That's why young people are leaving your church. It doesn't have a thing to do with fancy music. It doesn't have a thing to do with laser shows. It doesn't have a thing to do with some guy standing up front and sat telling somebody how great and wonderful they are. It has everything to do with the church not being the church. It has everything to do with the church changing what it was meant to be Mm -hmm. and looking like the rest of the world. A couple of weeks ago I made the, the comment, you should be able to walk into a grocery store or walk into a department store, doesn't matter which one it is, and you should be able to look somebody in the eyes and know whether they're a believer or not. Not by the way they're dressed. You should be able to look them in the eyes and know. And here's the thing. You can't. They say they're Christian, or they say they're Jew. They say they're something. But they're hurting. They're hurting bad. They're sick. They're broken. And the Almighty says... Look, if you just do things my way, if you follow my instructions, oh wait, there's that nasty word again. If you'll obey me, you'll eat good crops from your land. But that's not what's coming out of the churches. Mm
1: -mm.
0: That's not what we're hearing. How sad is it that the very group, the very group who should be responsible for the care and the comfort of all the people around them. Look at Matthew verse or chapter 24 verse 10. And they say this will never happen to me. I'll never lose my faith. I'll never turn against somebody I love. Everybody, I could never hate anyone. You're hating on them. You're hating on them because you're not saying what's good and what's evil.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're taking it all in, and you're finding out, or trying to find out, how you can profit from it. And that's just greed right there. Sorry, churches, you're not doing your job. Now, I've done this dance all over your toes, but the good news is, The good news is you don't have to stay there. You can turn around. You can change. You can change as individuals, and you can change as churches. And I hope there's at least, well, I know there's one, but I hope there's at least four more pastors listening to me somewhere saying, you know what? I'm going to change. Mm
1: -hmm. We've got
0: to stand up for this. We've got to be in one accord. We we don't need the 43,000 different denominations anymore. You only need one. Because the only one, the only denomination is going to get you where you think you want to go, is when you open your scripture, and you do what it says. That's the only denomination that counts. And I know there's plenty of good pastors, or I shouldn't say good pastors. There's plenty of pastors out there that say, "Well, yeah, I know that's what it says, but I graduated from this seminary over here, and they're telling me I got to do this." When that seminary, when that cemetery tells you you got to do something that ain't in the Bible.
2: You need to leave the seminary stuff.
0: You need where to leave that mess it. behind and do what it says. Exactly. Just before Yeshua spoke the words in Matthew 24, he was he was lashing at the Pharisees about like I'm lashing at the churches right now. And he said, "Look, you sit in Moses' seat. You sit in Moses' seat." And he's referring to the chair in the synagogues at the time that will reserve, the the rabbi the, the head rabbi would sit there and make decisions. He says, you sit in Moses' seat, but you won't lift a finger to help anybody. You won't lift a finger to help anybody. And he looks around the room and he says, don't do what the Pharisees do. You do what Moses told you to do. You don't follow. You don't, fo-. and I'll say it right now to everybody who's listening to me and everybody who's watching us: you don't need to follow the rules and regulations of your denomination. You need to look in Scripture and you can read it for yourself and it's not that hard. And if somebody comes up and tells me, well, you're talking about going back to sacrifices, no, it's already been done. You don't need that. But what you do need to do, because all the sacrifices were were the the bookmarks that were put in place is to remind us, to remind us that we messed up. We messed up. In my conversation last night, I, I heard some words again that reminded me that what I need to be. Here's the thing. A lot of times people in the Messianic Movement or Hebrew Roots Movement have a really hard, difficult time explaining to people because you know, we don't want to tell them that we're Messianic and they don't understand that and they don't really understand uh, what's going on. Here's the thing. Just tell them, I, I want to be a people of the covenant. I want to be somebody who hears God's law and understands it and does what it tells me to do. Because you know what it tells you to do? <laughs> it's really simple. Treat people the way you want you want to be treated, and to love the Almighty with everything you got. That's what it comes down to. You know, do you want somebody stealing from you? Probably not. Would you give them the shirt off your back if they thought they needed it? Chances are, if you listen to this, you would. You know, um, (laughs) it's that simple. I almost went to the adultery thing there, but I'm going to leave that alone tonight. Do you really think it's that hard because it's not it's easy all you have to do is live your life in such a way that you're going to benefit the people around you and thereby be benefited because they're going to want to do something back for you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's that simple it's that simple Here's, here's what I'm going to close with did you have anything else you wanted to add? no? no over and over and over again the Almighty tries and does everything He can to make it as easy as He can make it for us to return to Him He says look you come to me even in Isaiah it says look come on we'll, we'll talk this thing out just come to me we'll talk this thing out but today people want to say no God, you've got to do this my way, because I want. we got to get over that. We need to return to be the people of the covenant. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're Christian. It doesn't matter if you pick one of the other religions of the world. If you return to the covenant, just like he says, you can Survive all of the trouble that's brewing. But we already know most of us won't. Most of us are going to keep on going the way we're going and hope for the best. Sorry, it just ain't going to work that way. The way the wor- world really works is far different than what we want it to be most of the time. <laughs> the, the two youngest grandchildren got a lesson in economics today. Here's the thing. They come to me and they said, Papa, would you build us something? And I said, well, what do you want me to build you? They said, would you build us a table? We want to sell lemonade. I said, do you want to sell lemonade? Nobody's going to buy lemonade. Yeah, they'll buy lemonade. Who's going to buy lemonade? You will, Mm -hmm. talking to me. And I said, well, how much are you going to charge me for lemonade? And they said, five cents. And I said, (laughs) well, I hate to tell you this, but it's going to cost you $10 for me to build that table. And they looked at me and went, huh? I said, yeah. Somebody's got to pay for me to build a table. If You're going to charge me. How am I going to get the money? (coughs) Excuse me. me. How am I going to get the money to buy your lemonade if you don't pay me to buy it? That was my lesson in economics to the seven-year-olds. Seven
2: Seven and eight-year-olds. Seven and (laughs)
0: eight-year-olds. That that was kind of a tough lesson for them to understand. And then then they wanted you to provide the cups.
2: and eliminated the cookies and, and eliminated the cookies <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so we need to be kind of like them we need to come and ask sit down, talk this thing over and find out what works mm-hmm. find out what's going to work how many times did Yeshua say "You know, come to me with the heart of a child when we do that when we do that We're going to find out that things will be a whole lot easier. It ain't going to be perfect. It ain't going to be easy, but it's going to be a whole lot easier. (coughs) And I did this whole thing without getting too worked up, didn't
2: I? See, this is what the grandkids do to me.
0: (laughs) (coughs) That and more. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I I appreciate the comments that you all have been, been putting out tonight. You know, when I do this, I don't do this so that everybody, thank you, so that everybody um, says, oh, what a good job you did, right? Right. I do this so that you will hear this and say, ooh, I need to do, I need, I am now reminded to follow my creator's instructions.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: If you know somebody needs to hear this, please share it. Please share it anyway. Uh, Share it on Facebook. Share it with with, uh, whoever you share it with on whatever social media. You're welcome to do that. Don't forget uh, the folks on Facebook. It is audio on Spreaker. Go to your favorite podcast platform, and uh, you can hear it. Or you can download the Give God 90 app, and mm-hmm. it's absolutely free. Somebody else paid for it, so you don't have to. There's another sales pitch. You know, put this stuff out there. If you like what you're hearing and somebody else needs to hear it, share it. Don't forget the like buttons. I love buttons. We love them all. Yes, we do. We thank each and every one of you for listening tonight. It has been a pleasure, and I hope and pray you folks have a blessed, blessed week.
2: Yes, thanks for watching.